Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who introduced me to one of the finest cuisines in Northeast Ohio, <laughs> Swenson's. Brandon Siegel, how are you doing? I'm great. Swenson's is amazing. Like I, I yeah. think I've had it. I'm, I'm I'm at two or three times now since I've gotten back. Oh really? Already? Oh, yeah, no, I've had a lot of Swenson's. <laughs> Sorry, that's, I, that's I'll hilarious. go there. I can go there every meal. It's that good. Please sponsor us, Swenson's. If anyone from the Swenson's organization is listening to our amazing podcast, please sponsor us. I'd love that. I eat our burgers a lot. Yeah, they're great burgers. <laughs> they're great burgers. Maybe my favorite burger. <laughs> but uh, today, episode 10, I'm going to go through the rundown real quick. We're going to talk about Kristaps Porzingis got involved with a fight in Latvia. Uh, Frank Vogel hired as the new co- head coach of the Lakers. John Beeline, new coach for the Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about the Memphis basketball's recruiting class, get into Doug Baldwin's retirement, go through small talk trivia, randomly ranked, and then our main topic is going to be a lot of NBA uh, coverage with the NBA lottery and then finishing with the NBA playoffs and then our quick prediction right at the end. It's, it's going to be another solid. We have a lot. We got two weeks of stuff. Uh, very sorry about us missing that episode. We had finals. Uh, Trevor got a little sick. But yep. it's the birthday podcast. Everyone, let's yeah. give a happy birthday to Trevor. Oh, I appreciate it's it. This is past Wednesday. Uh, next podcast, we will open up. I have Trevor's <clears throat> gift for him. It's a little bit late. It was supposed to get here today, but it's not here today. So um, but next podcast episode, we're going to open it live on the pod. On the episode, oh, we're going to open the gift up, and you're going to like it. Okay. Um, but we'll get right into you. small talk. Uh, like you said, Porzingis, Christoph Porzingis, the uh, power forward now on the Mavericks, just recently got traded, was involved in some sort of incident. Um, he came out very bloody. There's a video of some girls talking to him, and he was yelling. It seemed like he pushed them at a point in time. Um, but it, from my understanding, it seemed like a group of uh, Russians is what this article says. TMZ saying that a group of Russians confronted him. Supposedly upset that he was traded to the Mavs, like that was, I mean, maybe he had some sort of influence on that, but I don't even know like how much of an influence, like if you get traded, you get traded, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yep. So it seems like they got in some sort of altercation, there was a lot of violence involved, and like I said, he's very bloody. Uh, what's your take from the situation? Yeah, so in the article that I'm looking at right now, it says that a spokesperson for the Mavericks um, said that they thought Kristaps was jumped and assaulted outside of a crib in Latvia. Um, and then they will provide an update. So that's all we really know. I mean, I saw the video. His face was very bloody. Yeah. Did not look good. But it seems like he was jumped. So that's unfortunate. Um, do that you have any good opinion scenario. on why you think he might have been jumped? Um, I feel like if you're seven feet tall and look like Kristaps Porzingis, you kind of have like a small target on your back. Just like I feel like there was hatred from just when he got to New York and now he's gone. So. Next I don't know. Stands. I have no clue why he truly got drunk. I mean, I guess we'll, it, we'll probably find out slowly. You know, maybe some stuff will come out. Maybe maybe Knicks, Knicks fans in Latvia. Yeah, maybe some Knicks fans in Latvia, wherever he was, will uh, in, you know, give us some inside scoop. But overall, kind of a weird scenario. I don't really understand completely everything or, you know, how he got that bloody. Like, it seemed like he was pretty bloody. Um, but moving on to uh, more NBA stuff. Uh, Frank Vogel was introduced as the Lakers coach. I predicted this would happen. Not Frank Vogel, that the Lakers would hire a coach, which seems pretty obvious. But <laughs> I thought it would happen about two weeks ago, uh, and I was wrong on that aspect. So I'll take – I understand that I was wrong. Uh, but Frank Vogel, do you like this hire? Is this is this someone you think would be good for the Lakers? Um, I really do not like this hire. Um, Frank Vogel, he was pretty successful in Indiana. But then once he got to the Orlando Magic, he was not very successful. And then once he left – um, obviously, this past season, the Orlando Magic have been very successful. And then in addition to that, 
Jason Kidd is uh, supposed to be one of the assistant coaches. Mm -hmm. He was with the Milwaukee Bucks, who weren't doing well when he was there. And then he left, and now the Bucks are obviously very successful. So you got two coaches who, after they leave teams, become successful once they leave. Not a good sign to me. Yeah, the the Lakers, here's how I'm going to rate this coaching change, okay? We're never truly going to know. What my you know what the grading on my scale is? If LeBron likes this coach, I give it an A plus. If he doesn't like the coach, I'm gonna give it a a nice F. If all that matters is if LeBron likes the coach, I don't, I don't care who what else happens. LeBron needs to like this coach. If LeBron likes the coach, they're gonna play better. That's that's just how I feel. That's why I thought Tyron Lue might have been the right person. I don't know if I I liked him too much. I said on the, uh, one of the past podcasts about how I don't know if he would have been the right coach, but it seemed like that that was LeBron's guy in, at the end. And I guess the Lakers gave him just a horrid contract, uh, which he was insulted by. Which is interesting because Rob Polinka was an agent. He's been on both sides now as a GM and an agent. So you would think that they would have given him a nice offer. And it seemed like the issue, what was reported, was that it was three years instead of five. So I think we'll see how this turns out. I feel like within the first 20 or 30 games, we're going to gauge you know, if Vogel was the correct person or not. Right. Uh, so I think we'll end up, you know, seeing how it is. Jason Kidd, I like. I love that he's there. Uh, that also seems like something that LeBron wanted or someone wanted in the yeah. Lakers organization because if it, whether it was Tyron Lue or Frank Vogel, it seems like Jason Kidd was going to come with them. He has head coaching experience, so I'm about that. I like it. Uh, transitioning to our next coach, John Beeline, uh, from sadly the Michigan Wolverines, uh, who I love, and I, I'm a Cavs fan, so I'm happy he's at least on the Cavs, you know, part of our organization. Uh, signed a multi-year contract, become their head coach. Uh, so, Trevor, what do, you, what do you think? Do you like John Beeline in this hire? Um, it's kind of hard to say. I definitely liked him at Michigan, and I liked him before that when he was at West Virginia. So I've been a big fan of his coaching. He's been very successful in college. Um, the NBA is a whole different game, so it's going to be tough. I mean, he hasn't had any experience, so I think it's kind of an unknown. We'll see what he does, um, you know, again, like in the first 20, 30 games. We'll kind of see. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes for him. I think this is going to be great. I love John Beeline, and I mean, uh, my roommate can attest to this, Ben. I was super upset to see him leave. Again, at least it's the Cavs. Uh, I know the Magic uh, and the Pistons in the past have had interest in him, and I know he wanted to stay close to where he was in Michigan. Right. Uh, so I love this hire. What I'm more interested in is what's going to happen in Michigan. Yeah. So I'm going to give my quick – we're going to do a quick little rundown of what I think is going to happen with their coach. I think there's kind of three levels of – who the coach could be. I'm going to have my extremely crazy prediction, like extremely crazy, less than okay. 1% happens, a reach but possible, and then most likely what would happen. Okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll go for my extreme reach. This is someone who I seriously, I want this person so bad, I would cut off a toe for this person to become that coach. Brad Stevens. Now let me explain why this seems really, really crazy. The, some of the reports that I've read is, you know, that Brad Stevens and the Celtics might kind of, you know, kind of just drift apart and they might mutually... Depart, saying that, you know, the, the Boston Project didn't really work while he was here, which I don't... That report didn't make any sense because Brad Stevens is one of the greatest coaches ever, in my opinion. So, uh, and I've also read that he kind of wants to get back into recruiting and account coaching, so my thought process is that Michigan would be the perfect place for him if he were to decide to do that. Again, that's my less than 1% chance of happening. Right. Uh, my other reach, but definitely more possible, is Billy Donovan. Uh, his name's been thrown around, thrown around a lot uh, for this, that he also really wants to get back into... Recruiting in college and also his the OKC, it, it's yeah, not working disaster. out. They're a disaster there. Uh, but I, I think he, he's possible. Uh, most likely what the option is going to be, I think it'll end up being Juwan Howard. I think they're going to shoot for these big fishes and they're going to miss. I, I don't think 
that those guys are going to be like, eh, we're kind of in a good spot. We don't necessarily want to leave, or maybe they want a different opportunity. So I think most likely it's going to be Jawan Howard. I like Jawan Howard. I don't love Jawan Howard. A lot of guys are vouching for him, but to me it seems like his friends are vouching for him. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's like, you know, like Kay Williams is really well-respected, and some of the guys that have vouched for him, and it's not that I don't believe them. I don't know if I believe in his recruiting skills. I don't know if this will be a Penny Hardaway type deal. Right. Um, where you know Penny's doing a really good job recruiting. He was an old player there, and obviously yeah. Penny was amazing in the NBA. Jawan Howard was not. So I'm concerned about the recruiting aspect. John Beeline was not this amazing, amazing recruiter, but he was an amazing coach, and that's mm-hmm. another aspect. I don't know if I'm fully there with Jawan Howard, so we'll see. Uh, I'm interested to see this next month or two is gonna gonna be crucial, I think, for their coaching search, and we'll see what happens. Um, but to uh, transition over to Memphis's recruiting class, I feel like. This is this is some big news. Uh, Duke yeah. might not have the number one class of the. It looks like they won't. I think Memphis will stay on top. So uh, it came out recently that Precious Achua, did I pronounce his name right? Yep. Uh, top ten recruit. Uh, maybe top fifteen recruit. Uh, he's a five star recruit, number five power forward according to ESPN. Just committed to Memphis. And that gives them three five stars, um, and two four or in one four star. Uh, they got Boogie Ellis, the number seven shooting guard. There's their four star. Uh, DJ Jeffries, five star. Uh, small forward, number five, small forward. And the number one overall recruit, James Wiseman, who's the center. They have pretty much a starting lineup coming in here. <laughs> right. So what, what do you think? How do you think about Penny Hardaway here? Um, he's doing a great job. It's it's insane to me how quickly he's gotten um, all this talent. Um, James Wiseman, the number one recruit, obviously. For, first of all, getting James Wiseman um, over Kentucky was huge. And then to get DJ Jeffries, now Precious Achua, um, again, five uh, guys that are in the top 100 on ESPN's rankings. This is huge for Memphis. They're going to be a top 25 team for sure, maybe even top 10. So great job by Penny Hardaway, and I can't watch. I can't wait to watch that team next year. Yeah, I I'm super excited to see Memphis. I to me, James Wiseman is not the biggest surprise ever. Uh, Penny Hardaway was a, his AAU coach, he and he's from Memphis. I think everything else that happened is a surprise. Every single big recruit considered Memphis, and they were like top three in a lot of guys. Yeah. Like a lot. Yeah. So I'm not shocked that this happened, but I'm I'm pretty impressed. I, I think beating Absolutely. out Duke and a lot of these guys is really impressive. Bookie Ellis was committed to Duke. I mean he didn't yeah. he didn't see a way to playing, but nevertheless, I, I think this is this is a great run and this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about, Jawan Howard. Is this gonna be a new theme, these coaches or these old players coming back to coach? Because right. he just did such a an amazing job with this recruiting trail. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just first year around. So I'm I'm impressed and I'm excited to see what happens. Absolutely. Uh it's gonna be very exciting. Uh so to transition into our last small talk topic, uh Doug Baldwin was cut by the uh the Seahawks. It seems like he's kind of medically retired, you know, he's kind of he's gonna be done now. He's kind of facing the end. Um Doug Ball was a fantastic receiver for the Seahawks. Uh and it seemed they said he failed the physical and that's why he got cut. Uh, so what are your thoughts on this? Um, so if if he's failing physicals, obviously it's looking like he has some injury history. And, right. I mean, it's probably the right move for him. Obviously he was an amazing receiver. Um, he's someone who I would have liked to at one point have had with the Patriots. Didn't happen. But he's a Super Bowl champion. Um, and, you know, to end his career this way is unfortunate, but still a great career nevertheless. And, you know, good for him. Yeah, I, I think – I think he was getting close to calling it, even if this physical wasn't failed or whatever happened. I, I know he was kind of. It seemed like he was a little bit forced to quit, but uh, I, I think this was. It was good. It was. I think this is a good ending. It, it didn't seem like it was, you know, rude or mean. There wasn't any malicious part of it. So for me, I'm, I'm happy for Baldwin. I think it's a good. It's a good quits for him. I mean, calling it quits here. 
Uh, so that's going to be it for small talk today. Uh, some exciting small talk topics. I guarantee we'll have some good ones next week. Uh, we are going to go into small talk trivia. The score is three to two. I'm up. Uh, of course, naturally. I mean, come on now. Uh, I'm not going to be losing. Not for long. <laughs> All right. So we'll we'll get right into it. Do you want to go first, Trevor? Yeah, I can go first. All right. So my question is: Who was the first center to lead the NBA in assists for a whole season? So Ooh, you gotta okay. go back in time. I can repeat it again if you want. Le- so they led in assists for a whole season as center. Yeah, the first center. So you know that this is gonna be someone who's okay. back farther in history. Okay. okay. So yeah, it's gonna be a while. I mean, I think Jokic could get there one day. It's not him. Yeah, I know that. He could. Um, I have a couple names in my head. I don't think we're gonna consider. We're not considering Magic a center. No. I don't think he was big enough. Nope. So I'm not gonna say him. I I have a guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a guess. I think it's Oscar Robertson. It is not oh. Oscar Robertson. What's the answer? The answer is Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, okay. That was my other one. Wilt I was Chamberlain going between him and Oscar. The first center to lead the NBA in assists for a season. How many did he have that year? Did it say? Um, it does not say, but he we'll was with the that 76ers. Com- Obviously, he was a great statistical mm-hmm. player in general. Right, of course. So. Comment below if you got that right. That was a hard question. I like it, though. I like it yeah. a lot. Um, so mine's going to be a little bit different. I got college basketball recruiting question. So this year, Memphis... Is the first team in a while that wasn't a blue blood to get the number one class. Okay. I'll give you an option. You can either give me the year or the team, the last team or the last year, where a blue blood was not the number one recruiting class according to ESPN. Okay, last team or year. year. Yeah, if you can give me the year or team. When it's not a blue blood. Yep. Okay, number one recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I feel like this has got to go back... At least, like, 10 years, I mean, because Duke and Kentucky have been dominating yeah, for a while. Yeah, they have. Um, wow. I'll give you a little clue. This is a Power um, 5 team. It's, it, it is, is power a Power 5, five team. team. I wish the recruiting uh, rankings went by larger, because then I guarantee we'd have, like... So, so for Blue Bloods, I don't know if you can, like, tell me all the teams you consider Blue Bloods. Yeah, there's six sure. Blue Bloods, six Blue Bloods, okay. right? Oh, uh, we have Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, UCLA... Um, or maybe it's only five. Indiana, right? I think those are the five. Okay. Oh, and North Carolina. Did I get mentioned North Carolina? Okay. UNC. Okay. I'm Duke. just trying to yeah, yeah. Those rule, are blue rule, make sure I have mm-hmm. the blue bloods correct so I yeah. can rule out teams. Okay, so other than that, I mean, actually, you know what? Memphis is actually consideration when they had Calipari. They got Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. So one of those years, it could have been them. Um, like Florida was very good a few years, mid-2000s. Uh, I think I'm just going to guess Memphis. Memphis? I'm going to guess Memphis. It's not a bad guess. I wasn't going to do that to you, though. It's not Memphis. Okay. The last team to do it was in 2007. It is USC. Wow. So OJ Mayo. OJ Mayo, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. so okay OJ Mayo. That, that's OJ Mayo's class. That was a good class. Florida was up there. Uh, Syracuse yeah. was up there. There was a couple years that some teams were close. Even non-Power 5 teams were close. Um, but this is the one that took it. It's actually interesting. Okay. I was looking at this article and like, you look at teams like Ohio State had Mike Conley that I year. I had a thought about Ohio State. Um, you have uh, Texas A&M who had DeAndre Jordan that year. So this this okay. was actually a really good class. Yeah. Uh, but so no one got any score so this round. Okay. Uh, still at three to two. Naturally, I'm gonna stay on my throne there. Um, but right. it was a good good round of small talk trivia. We're gonna go right into randomly ranked here. And this what randomly ranked is is we take a super random topic uh, and we rank it. Uh, so we're gonna actually going to go back to food. We're going to do snacks. So since you went first uh, for trivia, I'll go first for 
ranking snacks. Uh, right. We're going to do our top three snacks. So my number three snack, okay, I have Ritz and cheese. I love to put, you know, a little bit of cheese on the Ritz. You got the salty uh, with cheese and the cracker. That is a solid snack, and it's not bad for you because my next two snacks are not good for you at all. Okay. My number two, we have the Scooby Snack Gummies. If you know, you know. These gummies were the best gummies out there. There was literally not, no gummies are better than these. If you got the, like, Blue Mystery Bus gummy, that thing, that was a good, that was a good snack. That was a good snack. And my number one favorite snack is anything that is chocolate. Anything that anything. is chocolate. Anything. I'm just putting everything in That's the category. Very, yes. very specific. Anything that is chocolate. You just throw some cookies my way, a chocolate bar, anything like that, I, I'll gobble it up. I love chocolate. <laughs> okay, so just all chocolate. All right. <laughs> all right, so, uh... Now, I could have easily taken a healthy route with this one, but I'm not going to do that. I usually eat very healthy, but I do have some snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, two of them are kind of iffy on whether they're healthy. One of them is relatively healthy. But anyway, number three, I'm going with Oreos. Ooh. I love Oreos. My favorite cookie ever. Oreos are great. Um, so obviously they aren't healthy, but I love Oreos, and I could always just sneak in you know, a couple Oreos after, after I do eat a healthy meal, but... <laughs> You know. before, before you continue, I want everyone to know Trevor eats very, very well. I do not eat well. I like I like all the sweets and garbage. Trevor eats very well, so you, we got to prepare for some some nicer stuff here. But I'm surprised at the Oreos pick. All right, so number two, I'm going with peanut butter and cheese crackers. They're good. Keebler brand. You okay. can buy them at any like uh, like store. Basically, they're just like in a solid. little plastic packet. But those are very good. You know. Sn- a snack like that I can take anywhere with me, like between classes or when I'm driving, mm-hmm. something like that. So I really like mm-hmm. those. And number one, very basic, but I'm going with uh, the Special K protein bars, specifically the caramel flavor that okay. I get. I okay. buy them religiously. Um, every time I go to the store, I get a 12-pack mm-hmm. of them. And I eat at least one a day. Is that what you were eating before we started? I, I, was, <laughs> I, I had one right before we started. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I love those protein bars, the Special K protein bars, caramel flavored. Special K protein bars are good. Yes. I, I've had a couple. There, there used to be one that I ate that was like chocolate and pretzel in it, and it was go- oh, really yeah. good. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah those were good. I think I do, yeah. Those are very good. Um, but that's our, uh, section of Randomly Ranked for the week. Uh, please give us some ideas that you would like us to rank. We love getting ideas, so please comment below. Um, but we'll transition right into our main topic, uh, which is just a general NBA topic, but we'll go over the NBA lottery. Um, as this happened, when did, was this Tuesday? Tuesday night. It was at it was, 8.30 um, Tuesday night. I'm pretty sure. I'm like 99% sure. It was, I think it was Tuesday night. Yes. Yeah, and right. this was an interesting lottery because the odds changed this year to kind of prevent tanking. Um, so I'm going to quickly go over the teams that, you know, and where they got it. Number one was the Pelicans. Number two, the Grizzlies. Three, Kings. Or, excuse me, not Kings. Excuse me, Knicks. Uh, four, Lakers. Five, Cavs. Six, Suns. Then the Bulls, Hawks, Wizards. Hawks again from the Mavericks, Timberwolves, Hornets, Heat, and then the Celtics from the Kings um, to round out the top 14. So these new odds, do you think this prevents tanking? Like, do you think tanking will be completely out? Because, I mean, New Orleans was not a projected top pick. Right. Uh, the Lakers, the Knicks, or not the Lakers, excuse me, the Knicks, the Cavs, the Suns, all those, they were projected to be much higher and none of them got, you know, quite as high. Right, so I don't think this completely eliminates tanking. I think it does improve it. I don't think you'll have teams that are aspiring to be one of the worst, you know, two or three teams in the league, 
You won't have teams, you know, being like 10 and 72 or something like that. But I do, however, think you will have teams who maybe can get the eight seed in the playoffs, maybe falling back and getting, you know, one of those uh, spots where they have like the 12th or 13th best odds, odds that aren't very good um, in the past. But now you have teams like New Orleans and Memphis, teams who had decent records getting these spots. So I think teams that could potentially get the eight seed might actually just decide not to make the playoffs with that small chance that they could get a really good uh, draft spot. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't think this... I think this takes it away for those teams that are really, really bad. Which I guess, if we're considering that the only tanking teams, then that's that's a different story. But like, a team like the Lakers, like LeBron didn't play for those those last couple games. I, I agree. I think we're going to see teams that are a little bit closer to the playoffs, but are like, you know, this isn't going to be... Like, we know right. this will not be our year. To reach down, the Lakers had the, the 11th best <clears throat> odds, it says here. Yeah. So, I, I mean, going all the way up to four, I think this does incentivize... Tanking from those teams that are like ten to sixteen range, right? Uh, definitely, it gives that you know while it does drastically take the odds down. I mean, the number one pick had twenty five percent odds uh, yeah. before this year. So while it takes those guys down, it brings up the guys that are you know those like eight to fourteen. Uh, it gives them a much higher chance of bouncing. Up. We saw a couple of teams bounce up. Uh, yeah. Pretty high. It was very surprising. Yeah, I mean, the odds going from the the top picks from 25% last year now to 14% for some of these teams. You're seeing, again, like you said, the Lakers, 11th best odds, they get the fourth pick. Um, Memphis and the Pelicans, I think, was similar. They get the one and two. And then you have teams like the Hawks, they fell. The Wizards fell. Um, the Cavs fell. And, and LeBron left. He went to the Lakers, and the Lakers have better odds than the Cavs. What do you think about that? I mean, you're you're a Cavs fan. I am a Cavs fan. I, I want to see LeBron succeed. So I, it's not that I'm torn. I'd much rather have the Cavs a little bit higher. But right. I don't think – in my opinion, those couple top guys are really good. I'm not sold on Culver. I'm not sold on Hunter. So I, I think if you weren't inside that top three for either RJ Morant or – Zion, then I, I, I don't think this draft is quite as strong. Um, we'll see. I, I think overall, collectively, there's a lot of good players, but I don't know if there's great players. So I think this hurt the Cavs more than it helped the Lakers. So in that sense, I'm a little upset. Uh, you know, I really wish that uh, the Cavs would get there, but uh, the true winners of this are the Pelicans. I, I mean, that's, this is insane that... Think about this. One week ago, there was talks that if the Knicks get the first pick, they're going to trade it. Like I mean, there yeah. was reports that it was that was set. They're gonna yeah. trade that pick. Do you think them at three and the Pelicans at one? Do you think they could still have the possibility of trading? Because my mindset is that Anthony Davis, if he's telling you still, it don't matter if Zion's here at all. It literally doesn't matter. We're gonna do. I'm leaving. Would you trade? You know, three and some other assets, whether it's picks or actual players or considerations, whatever it is, for Anthony Davis. Then you have one and three. You get Zion and RJ teammates guys who love each right. other you're starting to build a team for years to come while paying them almost you know it's together like 15 million dollars 17 million whatever it is right so my thing on this uh issue is that i think that the pelicans can get a lot of the same trades in february by the deadline so i i think you kind of just let it ride with ad and zion you know maybe ad can change his mind it's it's kind of unlikely but you never know and the combination of zion and ad i mean i think that's really dangerous i think that could be really good so i think you just you know give it a chance i think some of these trades you have the lakers the lonzo the package from the lakers maybe a boston package maybe you still have the next one i think you all still have those available to you if you're the pelicans in february yeah, what worries me about the Lakers? I, in my opinion, the Lakers deal to me is is getting closer and closer to, like almost no worth. 
I don't, I don't even yeah. want Lonzo. No matter how well he's playing, he's injury prone, and you got to get his dad. And now that you have the, the possibility of getting Zion, and let's say you trade with the Knicks, okay? You get, let's say they give him Dennis Smith Jr., uh, a, RJ, a, a pick, and then RJ also. You're, you're getting players to play. And guys that are young, that are going to progress farther in the future. Then if you're getting Lonzo and Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram hasn't looked you know, fantastic. Yeah. Lonzo, how does he fit? Um, they still have... Uh, 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 Drew Holiday, who's mm-hmm. twenty million a year. He's very so good. Yeah. For me, this might be the better idea. Uh, I I think that the longer you wait, the less it's going to be valued, which is it makes sense. But to me, this is needs to be a quicker process. I uh-huh. think they they should. I would. I think I would highly consider that Knicks at three getting RJ and Zion. That would be huge. Um, but we're going to continue right on into the playoffs. Um, a lot has happened. We're going to start off with a Kawhi shot. So give me give me your rundown on the shot. Okay, so this shot, um, the first Game 7 buzzer beater ever, and yeah. I, I had to Crazy. look this up. I, I wanted to ask it as my trivia question if there was another guy, but there and wasn't. None. Kawhi's the only player who has ever had a Game 7 buzzer beater. Now, this shot, um, to just think about it, I, you know, I had a feeling Kawhi was going to win the game for him right, right, regulation, but the way he won it, the shot that he won it with was insane. He catches the ball, he dribbles to the far corner, um, he has Joel Embiid's hand in his face, and the ball takes four crazy bounces. Um, just an insane shot um, overall. What did you think about it? It it was just that moment. Like what I, I mean, my roommate and I were sitting there. Just that moment of that ball hitting four times. Yeah, I I think it was insane. To me, what's even more insane is the Raptors had no business winning this game. I know I go through these stats a lot. Uh, the Seventy Sixers had forty three percent from the field. Uh, the Raptors thirty eight. Three-point percentage, 33 for the 76ers, 23.3 for the Raptors. They had no business winning this game at all. The bench uh, for the Raptors, they only played seven guys, uh, and their bench scored 21 points. Besides Kawhi, everyone didn't do well. And even their starters, um, their starters went negative 22 for their plus-minus, while their bench went positive uh, 32. So I don't think they had any business winning this game. What hurt the 76ers was their bench. I mean, their bench just did atrociously uh, minus... 20, 20, 30, yeah. uh, 37, 38 here. Not good. So to me, it's, that's what really, really hurt them. Uh, it's crazy that somehow this game was close at the end with the shooting percentages that they were. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And really the only other guy that somewhat stepped up for the Raptors was Serge Ibaka. I mean, I was sitting there watching this game the whole time. Like, can Kawhi Leonard get any help or any of these guys yeah. going to step up? And Serge Ibaka did a little bit, but no one else really did. Kawhi- Kyle Lowry had another bad game in the playoffs. That's surprising, um, isn't Siakam it? Siakam was kind of, the whole series, Siakam just wasn't really uh, great. So, yeah, Kawhi Leonard took over and willed it, them to the conference finals. It was an amazing moment for basketball, in my opinion, that great game seven shot. Um, but moving on into a series that's a little more boring, Warriors versus Trailblazers. Uh, Warriors are, what is crazy to me about Kevin Durant, okay, is the, the Warriors do not need Kevin Durant. And for whatever reason, they sometimes even look better when he's not on the court. And in no way am I saying that Kevin Durant isn't the best player on the Warriors. But for whatever reason, they're gelling. Dan- Draymond Green looks better um, when Kevin Durant's not on the court. Clay and Curry both look better. It seems like their spacing is a little bit... It, it's The way they space without him is just better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. And I agree 100% with the fact that Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, especially Steph, play better without Kevin Durant... Um, but with all these people coming out and saying, now, although 
they look very similar without Kevin Durant coming out and saying now that maybe Kevin Durant, like Steph Curry's better than Kevin Durant, like things like that just really are annoying. Like he's he's definitely not, um, he's a great player, but Stephen Curry with uh, with Kevin Durant on this team, he's clearly, if he was the best player, they would be getting him the ball more. So people coming out and saying that is very annoying to me. I, I completely agree. No one should be saying that Steph Curry, Steph Curry's an amazing, amazing player. No one should be saying that Kevin Durant isn't as good as Steph Curry or anyone on that team. Kevin Durant's still definitely the best player. For whatever reason it is, it just seems like the chemistry's a little bit better when he's yeah. not there. And yeah. what's going to be interesting is next year, let's say Kevin Durant <clears throat> leaves, which I feel like is the most likely option. Right. The Warriors are going to have almost $30 million to play with in cap room for their bench. The Warriors, if they can hold everyone, if they can hold everyone and keep them all there, they're big three guys. Um, Iggy maybe too, even though he's getting a little old. They're going to be dangerous. Um, but to yep. move on to our last uh, series here, the Raptors versus Bucks. <sighs> Uh, Bucks the last game, one twenty five to one hundred three. Uh, they're up two zero. They play tonight, I believe. Yep. Um. So, what what are your thoughts on this series? Um, the Bucks have looked really good. You know, Giannis has been amazing. The players have been stepping up. But again, like I mentioned before, at the Raptors, Kawhi's not getting a ton of help. Um. So if he's not getting help, I mean, the Bucks could end this even in five. I had it in six, so I'm sticking with that. But they could even end it in five. Yeah, no one on this team's looking too good to me. Uh, Siakam didn't help. Kyle Lowry is still not gonna help. It seems like ever. Marcus Alwyn one for nine. Uh, if they're not gonna help, there's no way they're they're gonna even get a game in the series. I don't think they will anyway. Um, I think the Bucks are just a little bit too good. I know I talked about this a couple episodes ago. I think plus minus is so important. I think it really does truly you know tell a lot about a team. And their plus minus is over nine. It was the highest in the NBA. So I'm I'm interested for the Bucks Warriors series. I didn't think that would be a yeah. good series. I'm out of genius. That I guess that that was going to be they're the one seed. It's not like it's a crazy uh, thing to guess. Uh, but I think it'll be a good series. I think they could yeah. take a game or two off of them. Um, but uh, that's going to be it for the episode. Let's go right into our quick predictions to uh, wrap the episode up. What's your quick prediction for the week? My quick prediction is that Kevin Durant will not return for the playoffs at all. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's, that's pretty likely. Uh, my quick prediction is the Warriors close out the next game by more than 10 points. Okay. More than 10. I think they killed him last game. Even though Dame Lode's going to tap into something, but I still think it, it won't even so. be that close. Um, but like I said, that'll be it for the episode. Uh, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Uh, a couple little updates. Uh, for the summer and hopefully going on forward, we're going to premiere each episode. They will be out at exactly 4 p.m. Uh, so cool. get excited about that. You can build some excitement up mm-hmm. uh, and get ready. Every 4 p.m. on Sunday, they will be out. Very soon, we are going to be on Spotify, so be ready for uh, the people that use Spotify. We'll be on there soon, I promise. I'm going to try to get this episode on there. We'll see what we do. Uh, please follow Trevor and I on all social medias, uh, Twitter, and the Small Baller Podcast on Twitter. We really appreciate all the love we get from my friends, Trevor's friends, even people we don't know. Uh, and uh, again, thank you so much for your support, and uh, that'll be it for this episode. Go Falcons.